You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We're down in Las Vegas uh, this week at uh, a big conference put on by Amazon. It's called Reinvent AWS, and AWS stands for Amazon Web Services. Uh, their cloud computing division. And this is actually a big part of their company, John. They have you know over 200 different services, like everything from VR and augmented reality. Uh, you know they're doing things uh, with the cloud. They're one of the biggest cloud providers uh, in the world. Storage, networking, machine learning, learning. You know we've talked about them before. They're into the space program, robots. I mean it's just incredible, just all the technologies that they're into. Yeah, the really interesting part about this particular conference is that unlike the one we went to in the summertime, the Re-Mars uh, conference, which is more specifically focused on, well, rockets and robots, um, this is more on the web services side of things and how basically the cloud technologies have been used pretty much across every industry you can imagine. And not just for very basic things like web hosting or photo backups and those kinds of things. It's it, it's a lot more to it than that. And we've been able to see some just fascinating uh, talks, some interesting uh, people that we've been talking to here, which you'll hear on the program, and um, a lot of really interesting stories about use cases that we I never even knew existed for this technology. Yeah, so just, you know, putting that into perspective, uh, you know, over the next couple of weeks in our shows, uh, uh, how the NFL uses their technologies and you know maybe people don't know this but you know they're trying to improve the overall s- safety and health of their players and so they've got sensors and everything the players helmets their pads they've got video cameras around the stadiums like videoing the players as they're practicing and they're in games and they're taking all that data and that's what you know these Amazon web services do they kind of congregate all of that so that you know their teams can actually use that information to see, oh, that player, he's, you know, kind of limping a little bit on that one leg and basically, you know, say, hey, you know what, you need to take the next few days off of training or yeah, you're, you're going to tear your... Because they can actually predict the type of uh, injuries they could sustain if they keep playing on that particular part of their body. You know, even in the World Cup, uh, you know, soccer... They've got sensors in the in the actual balls now. They've got sensors around the stadium, so they can actually track where the ball is, how the player has kicked that ball. Um, you know, they can actually predict. You know, when the, the player is going down the pitch, there, uh, they they can predict whether he'll score or not. You know, just depending on where they are and how he's kicked the ball. I mean, it's getting that good. Yeah, I mean, this is all kinds of machine learning, artificial intelligence, and just raw computing power that is needed for this type of stuff. And this is really what Amazon does, is help companies and people do this kind of thing. Even helping out in, I mean, they work on the government side and it's such a high level, you don't even really know all of this. But in, in Ukraine, for example, they are helping that country get all of their government services, banking records, land titles up into the cloud as well. Because as you can imagine, John, like in that I mean, that's a war zone right now. And, you know, one cruise missile could take out <laughs> all the land title records. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's a fascinating story. And um, we're actually going to be talking to the head of digital transformation on the app show. Yeah. 
which is just a fascinating story. And on today's program, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a great program as well. We'll be talking uh, with the folks at Amazon Web Services Canada and, and what's happening in our country uh, as well. And yeah, I mean, just so many of the different government services and that uh, are starting to get migrated up there, which it just makes it easier for us to get services. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And they're expanding their their footprint with their data centers in Canada, which can help companies keep the data in Canada, not yeah. not somewhere else in the cloud. And it's interesting too, just the whole sustainability thing, because uh, you know, for a while there, you know, a lot of people are concerned about these big, the cloud. The cloud essentially are big data centers. They're buildings full of computers and, and hard drives that are doing all the processing, and then using the internet to to make all those connections, right? So that way companies and governments they don't have to have their own servers all over the place so in one way it's actually kind of making it better from a sustainability standpoint right because they're getting more efficient by having them all clustered together but they're also making strides to use renewable energy as well like setting up their data centers in regions that have good hydroelectric power they're going to be setting stuff up in calgary where there's uh you know an abundance of solar power that they can use as well, so we'll be hearing the story uh, about uh, that. But you know, it's it's fascinating coming out of the pandemic as well, John. Uh, you know, we used to go to these types of shows all the time. We haven't been to this one yet, this particular one. But I'm blown away by how many people are here. Like the Consumer Electronics Show in January, which you know we're going to be going to um, last year. It just kind of we just coming out of the pandemic it was the lowest attendance that I've seen ever. It's like forty thousand people. Yeah. But it gets up to 150 to 200,000 people in a good year. And, and this event here, uh, it's 55,000 people. Across four different hotels. Yeah. And it's, it's weird, right? Because I, I, I can wrap my head around the Consumer Electronics Show. It's all like Sony and Samsung and, you know, all the car companies there now showing off different products, you know, the latest car technology or the latest TVs. This show here, it's kind of it's weird, right? Because you... you start talking to people and they've got this big show floor and 99% of these companies you will never have heard of. They're all like these software companies that use Amazon Web Services to make stuff happen. Like Netflix is run off of Amazon Web Services. A number of the major airlines, that's how you buy your tickets. It's through Amazon Web Services. Call centers are run through Amazon Web Services. Like it's an incredible amount of... All the stuff that we do on a daily basis now is done through like the cloud and these these services that are all connected, and so that's why it's made it much more convenient to you know for us to do shopping and 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 things like that and buy things and have things delivered. So uh, we'll be talking all uh, about that. So again, on uh, today's uh, program, we'll uh, be getting a a little bit uh, of info on that. We'll also be uh, talking about. Ukraine and how they're getting all their digital services on the app show tomorrow. So you'll want to stay tuned for that as well. We're going to have to take a break when we come back. More cloud. Stay tuned. You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We are live in Las Vegas for the big uh, AWS event. It's called Reinvent. AWS stands for Amazon Web Services. I think when most people think of Amazon, they think of getting their uh, 
packages delivered from their great website uh, or Amazon Prime Video, but they are huge on the web and cloud side as well, and we're going to be talking about that. There is uh, 50,000 people down for this event, which just kind of blew me away. Yeah, this is the probably the biggest conference we've been to after the pandemic, and it's just really interesting to see all these people here for all different reasons. It's a lot of nerds. It is. Yeah. But, I mean, there's some cool stuff. We'll be talking about that in the program today, uh, including uh, the folks from the MLSE, the Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment Group, the Raptors, and the, the Leafs. Leafs. Yeah, and how they use technology. It's, it's super cool. And uh, also how buildings are being built now uh, to incorporate all the different technologies as well, like the security, the HVAC systems, the lighting. And in the past, John, they've always been kind of separate. Yes, and a pain to operate separately. Yes. But now thanks to machine learning, AI, and other really interesting technologies, those things can all be combined together to make it much more efficient and much better uh, ways of analyzing how you're using your building. Well, we uh, do have a guest. Uh, his name is Eric Galis. Uh, he is with Amazon Canada, uh, the web services side. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for having me, Mike. So you're in charge. Kind of. Kind of. Uh, how big is Amazon Web Services side? Uh, Just well, to give people kind of an understanding. It's an $80 billion run rate business now. Globally. $80 billion. Yeah. That is incredible. Yeah, and it's, been, it's grown significantly year after year. Since it was first incepted and first it was, since it was first launched, the number of services that have been deployed have just contributed to the opportunity for customers to adopt it and use it in every imaginable way. So talking about how it's used, what are some companies that use it that people would know? I guess one of the iconic examples and one of the earliest adopters is Netflix. So I'm sure many of your listeners um, watch Netflix. Netflix runs entirely on AWS now. So they don't run any of their IT infrastructure. They run all of their services on AWS. If they're if you're using the Air Canada app and they're part of the loyalty program, then that runs on also runs on AWS. If you book a ticket with Porter, that runs on AWS. And so every type of company is using AWS for every different type of use case. So when we talk of web services, typically that, you know, the word cloud comes into to play there. So why would companies want to use you guys instead of having their own cloud or their own servers? Well, historically in the past, if you, if you had capital, you could invest in IT infrastructure and it could actually give you a competitive advantage. But you had to own it and operate it and run it and upgrade it. With the advent of the cloud... Those services that you would typically have built on site, they now run in data centers provisioned by AWS. And so all of the running of the infrastructure, the maintaining of it, the building of those core, core services is all provided by AWS. And so and then you can just use them and you use them over the Internet and you just pay for what you use. And so instead of dedicating resources to manage and operate all that gear, you can just invest your time and energy on using it and innovating it to do amazing things, but without the burden of having to own and operate it. And it really changes the way that you can uh, operate. Uh, one thing we were talking about earlier was the fact that a number of companies want to keep their data within Canada. Mm -hmm. And so you have been expanding sort of the data center, data center footprint within Canada to allow those companies to keep their data in the country. Yeah, absolutely. So there are some customers that, for regulatory reasons, they need to keep their data in Canada. Uh, for some reason, in some cases, they would just like to keep their data in Canada and they, they're more comfortable. And so back in 2016, we built our first what we call a region. A region is a cluster of data centers. Our first region is actually in central Canada. It's out of Montreal. And that means that customers can keep their data in Canada. 
It also means that their data is closer, their applications can be closer to where their offices are, and so they can have lower latency by having that facility in Canada. Um, we've, had, we've seen huge adoption of that facility, uh, which led to more feedback from our customers to say, could, could you put a facility out west? And so um, earlier this year, we announced that we're going to have put a region in the west, which is going to be available late next year, early 2024, which will make that capability available to even more customers so they can keep their data in Canada and have ultra-low latency as well. So we're, we're really excited about the continuation of investments in Canada to help Canadian customers, both commercial customers as well as public sector. So you're talking uh, ultra-low latency. Basically, that's how quick data can be accessed. Like if someone's wanting to click on that Air Canada buy ticket button, right. that's how fast that all uh, happens. I mean, is there that much of a difference between Calgary and Montreal? Does it make a big difference? It does for certain applications, yeah. So certain applications which are really sensitive, um, real-time applications, so you, you don't want to have super high latency with an autonomous vehicle, for example. Oh yeah, you so want that to be instant. You want that to be instant. And there are other lots of other use cases which, which need that. And so we've been gradually uh, deploying infrastructure to put compute resources as close as possible to the use case, um, which is not just those two large facilities, but also things we call local zones. So local zones of Actually, they're more metro-centric, and so we're deploying a local zone into Toronto and into Vancouver, where we have a really high density of customers that have a low latency requirement, like, for example, in financial services for trading. Okay, so when we're talking data centers and the clouds, this is essentially, they're buildings full of computers. That is correct. So i got to press you on this, because it's come, become an issue, just uh, the sheer amount of power that these things take up, and their energy consumption, climate change. So... Uh, I know it's more efficient for a lot of companies to use this, but it's hurting the environment in many cases. Well, it's actually, it's the opposite. In fact, because typically with a data center, if you build and own and operate your own data center, they're typically not operating at um, peak capacity all the time. It's, they are often, you're cooling that building, you're powering those, that machinery, but it's not doing anything. So it's not working at like it's 100% at, all the time. It's not working yeah. at a sort of an optimal workload. Whereas when you build these large facilities that we have, where you have many thousands and millions of customers using those facilities, but their usage patterns are not the same. So some have got peak use and lower cost. And so we can get much more efficiency out of the equipment we have and actually much more efficiency out of how you cool it um, and how you power it so that we can put those facilities next to renewable power, for example, as opposed to if you have your data center perhaps in a, in a metro where there is no access to renewable power. And so there's a benefit of it's more efficient, typically three times more efficient than running your own data centers. Really? And it's, it can be uh, located next to renewable power. And that's a key focus of ours is to power all of our um, consumption using renewable power. Originally, the target there was to do that by 2030, but we're on track now to get there by 2025. And so... So exactly. your data centers are going to be 100% renewable energy. That's right. You're not burning any coal or... That's the objective, yeah. Really? Yeah. So there's, there's a sort of underlying... A positive contribution because the demand for compute resources continues to go up and up as everything gets digitized. But if you can use a more efficient way of providing that, then of course, you know, it's beneficial ultimately to, uh, to the planet. What about water? It's a lot of water used as well. Yeah, yeah. I think that's something again that's... Um, Is that for cooling? It's for cooling. Yeah. yeah so for cooling primarily. Um, but uh, we just, and in fact, today announced that we are uh, planning to get to a net positive return of water to the environments that we're in. And so even that is something that it, it matters to AWS, and we're trying to take steps to make sure that we return more water to the communities than, than we take, which, um, again, is, a, is something that's much more difficult to do for thousands and millions of companies running their own data centers. The, the, the potential for them to do that is much more uh, 
uh, challenging. So when you talk about renewable energy, like what what kind of energy sources are you using for that? Uh, well, solar, hydro. Um, obviously, the in the Quebec region is mostly hydro. Is that easier in Canada? It is in some jurisdictions. Yeah. It's actually one of the, the one of the design points of putting the facility in to Quebec was access to um, renewable power. But we've also made significant investments in Canada. We have the two largest solar plants in Canada, and so those are not just to contribute to AWS, but also to the Amazon footprint as well. And so that commitment to renewable power is for the whole of Amazon, not just for AWS. So you've got solar farms that are the biggest in Canada, and they're just for Amazon. They are um, invested in by Amazon Got it. To, okay. to contribute to the communities that they're in. Okay. Yeah. Very, very cool. We're talking uh, all about Amazon Web Services uh, here on Get Connected today. Mike and uh, John here down in Las Vegas for the big uh, reinvent Amazon Web Services conference. There's just a sh- shocking amount of companies here um, displaying you know, all the different types of things uh, that they're doing. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, I just want to get your thoughts on some of the, the cool things that we're going to see here this week. You're listening to Get Connected here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We are down in Las Vegas for the reInvent AWS conference, Amazon Web Services. No, they do more than just packages and Amazon Prime Video. They are literally everywhere. You uh, buy an Air Canada ticket, you watch Netflix, that's powered by Amazon. We've got uh, Eric with us. He's the head of uh, Amazon Web Services Canada. And uh, again, thank you for coming on the program. Thanks for the opportunity. So we're down here. There's 50,000 people that have converged on Las Vegas. Uh, This conference is spread across like a number of different hotels. There's people doing robotics and stuff in space and in in cars, autonomous vehicles. I mean, I'm just scratching the surface. Like, what are you excited about for the show? Well, I, you know, this to me, this is uh, my favorite event of the year. It's an opportunity to for many customers to showcase what they're doing. This is more more of an education event than it is a sales event. There are 2,300 sessions this week, ranging from deeply technical sessions for nerds uh, to executive sessions, which are really about start establishing the art of the possible with cloud services. One thing I liked about uh, what we saw at the Mars event in the summertime is this notion of the educational or just mm-hmm. the cross-pollinization of different industries and different types of people seeing what's possible. And because you guys keep showing off what other people are doing with your technology, it's really exciting, and you can actually feel the vibe here about that because people are excited to, to learn some new ways of doing things that they hadn't even thought of were possible, uh, even like a little, like a year ago. Yeah, that that is the thing I think about this about this conference because it does bring together many many different types of company and people from the public sector as well. And a simple example I think you know, I was talking about earlier today, which is where consumer expectations have continued to go up. And so if you're a consumer of any company, if you're using an application, you expect them to know who you are and when you last traded with them and if you're a good customer. That kind of sentiment also extends to a citizen. So as a citizen, you have the same expectation. And so even the opportunity to sort of cross-pollinate between the capabilities that serve consumers to citizens, a lot of that um, experience and exposure happens at this event where people get to see just what's possible. So just for the listeners out there, you know, we talk a lot about cloud and, and everything, and some people are still kind of confused by that. Like, what are you actually selling? The, the you know, hosting people's websites? It's a the very storage. wide array of capabilities. Yeah, sorry to try to boil it down like that. I, I know. So, so rather than running um, cloud compute services yourself, web services is really using cloud services 
over the internet. And so we manage all the infrastructure and those portfolio of services. The services that we make available to our customers has grown every year from when I started seven years ago, we had 50 services. We've got well over 200 services now, different categories of service, but they do extend at one end of the spectrum to storage or compute. So instead of buying storage and compute and running it on-prem, you can just use cloud services all the way through to AI and machine learning services and also what we call SaaS applications. And so something like Amazon Connect, which is our call center product, that was a product that was built for Amazon to service its customers, which was productized by AWS. And now that capability is made available to many different types of customers who are trying to, who have customers to serve in a call center environment. But, I mean, you could potentially be selling that to your competitors. Like, one of your competitors is Netflix. You have Amazon Prime Video. Yeah, we are agnostic of that. So our focus really is on making these available to any customer to use. And so, for sure, um, you know, Netflix is... Uh, is a company that has used AWS services extensively. They do compete in the market with some other parts of Amazon. But from an AWS perspective, to us, they're just two customers. Yeah. So we do our best to service them with everything that we have. So that call center technology, all you need are humans. Like I guess they could all work virtually. Yeah. Like, like how long does that take to... Yeah, you can stand up a call center in, you know, literally in minutes. And so the capability itself, rather than having to invest in infrastructure on-prem, you can stand up a call center in minutes. And in fact, in, the, in the Canada, we ended up doing that... Um, uh, over a, a very short period of time to stand up call center services to um, service the help the government with the COVID calls that they were getting. Yeah, and uh, just before we go, just the learning aspect. Like, how do people learn all this stuff? Well, there's a, there's I mean, a, it's, it's vast. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that um, every organization needs to be really conscious of that in terms of thinking about how do I help my resources understand how do we use and apply this technology, whether that's retraining practitioners from we're used to using sort of legacy type architectures, as well as training executives about just what's possible now. Because in order to change things and do things in different ways, you still need sponsorship from executives. And so here this week, we have a discrete executive track, which is all about helping senior executives from companies understand just what's possible to empower the people in their organization to acquire the skills and then apply them to help their businesses. Are they the ones holding companies back? In some cases, that, that happens. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think, you know, one of my observations is in order to, to transform through any phase, you really need strong leadership. And so, you know, I see a strong correlation between strong leadership and comprehension. And but they need to know, awesome. right? They need to know. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. When we come back from the break, uh, we'll be uh, giving a few more stories from our Las Vegas adventure. Stay tuned. You are back with... Get Connected. Mike Yagerbo here with John Bueller. Having a great time in Las Vegas uh, this week at the Amazon Web Services Conference. Uh, it's called reInvent. And John, I'm just still astounded at the sheer amount of people down here. There's like 50,000 people attending this. I mean, it is nerd heaven. It is. And it's across like four hotels. And there's just so many things going on. We're having trouble keeping up. Well, we've got uh, some interesting guests with us uh, today. They're with uh, MLSCE, the Maple Leafs Sports and Entertainment Group. I think uh, the Raptors, Toronto Argonauts, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs uh, as well. We've got Christian Megsisi and uh, Anil uh, Pillai. And these guys are in charge of the kind of the digital side of uh, that sports group. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Uh, we'll start with uh, Anil. Uh, so you've, you've got a whole digital team, basically, that... Uh, looks after the group and so when you say a digital team like what does that encompass you know i i can think of like the raptors game i can see it on tv i can go down to the, the game but what's the digital aspect of that so that's probably a better question for for christian but so so as a digital team um 
we are comprised of digital and technology. I oversee the technology aspects of, so when you talk about um, a game, uh, the league provides us requirements that have to be delivered in both the visitor's room, the player's room, uh, across the arena. Uh, people such as yourselves, when you media that come to the game, there are certain requirements that we have to pr- abide by. So that's delivered by the by the technology team. Yeah. And then the digital side, which I'll let Kristen cover. Uh, yeah, the digital is... Uh, it, it, thank you. Yeah, the digital side is, is everything from what you experience as a fan even before you get to the venue. So think about when you're buying your tickets, think about when you're looking for parking, and then all the way to that journey of you know, take, maybe taking the Go Transit into Union Station, all the way to which gate you should go in for wait times, uh, and then all the way into ordering food to your seat or buying your beer or trying to see who's at the halftime show. So that, that entire digital experience that's really melded with our physical experience um, is what encompasses it from a traditional fan perspective. But then there's also a whole lot of fans that are not physically in our buildings, right? On, on game nights, we're typically 20,000 people. But then you've got millions of fans, not just in, in Ontario, but across Canada and internationally, that we're also servicing through broadcast, through our, our mobile apps, our websites. So it's a pretty broad uh, group of technologies and, and products that we launch. God, that kind of freaked me out being responsible for all that. Like you're, you're like responsible for like beer getting to someone's seat. Do you know what I mean? And like the, the ticket, you know, someone being able to get into the actual building. Uh, what about like the screens and stuff as well? Does that fall under your purview? Absolutely. Yeah. So the, the signage that you see inside of the building, the center screen, which is kind of the first thing that you see as soon as you enter the bowl, we call it, it's an industry term, the bowl, because it's literally a bowl once you get through the, the concourse. Um, everything from the audio to the lighting, it's, it's, a, it's a weave of, of creativity and execution between our technology teams, our, our creative folks that help you have the experience that you have at a Raptors game or a uh, Leafs game at Scotiabank Arena or TFC at BMO Field. Doesn't that stress you out? Like, like that is a lot. Do you know what I mean? And if any one of those things, if, if that fan can't get that beer to his seat or they can't get into the gate... You know what I mean? Because there's some sort of issue, you become the next Roger CTO. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it's 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 amazing because people always remember their sporting experience as a fan. Yeah, right. You, you hear people tell stories about bringing their kids to the game for the first time, or remember when my dad took me to the game for the first time. So we we take it very seriously, almost like a duty. Yeah, because we want people to continue to have these great experiences, these once in a lifetime experiences in a lot of cases. Uh, so everything from the physical venue to the digital side, is it a lot? Yes, but it's it's not. It's you know things like part of the reason why we're here in Vegas with AWS. We have a lot of partners. We have a lot. The leagues as well support us in a lot of these endeavors. So uh, not daunting. A lot, yes, but not daunting. Like how many people? You said you have a digital team. Like how many people is that? Yeah, if so you had to guess. T- team as far as our, a large organization we're about 150 people yeah um, just on your digital team just just, just on, on the digital team yeah and so uh, is there like one guy in charge of the beer app <laughs> well it, it may get to that point because of how much beer that uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs fans drink but yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a great it's a great uh, space for us to be in and uh, we, again we want to make sure that fans have that that ultimate fan experience when they're in our buildings so I mean, there's a lot obviously going on from the screens to the tickets to the beer. Sorry, I keep using the beer. Um, <laughs> like, so do you, you do you have 
huge servers in the arenas, or, or is that why you would use something like AWS, like the Amazon Web Services, the cloud? Yeah, so, so um, all of our POS, point-of-sale system, uh, are supported by servers that are in the Amazon cloud, um, which we are, I mean, we are in the process of migrating them. There's about 60 servers, to your point, uh, Mike, that, that serve that. And then there's other um, systems that support sound and lighting and everything else that happens uh, for reasons that I would rather not get into on, you know, here. Those are systems that are housed within our data center yeah. in, on, on premise. Uh, 95% of our in, entire infrastructure is in the cloud today, um, and, and those are some so, of the So why is it in the cloud? Like, why is the beer in the cloud? The beer is in the cloud because yeah. simply for scale, right? Okay. Scale, manageability, uh, the people that it takes. Because you just manage. can't keep adding computers because exactly. that gets expensive. Exactly, right? because yeah. it, putting it in the cloud allows us, uh, it gives us the elasticity to scale up and down as needed. So when demand goes up, we scale up. When demand goes down, if there is no event in, in, in the venue, we scale it down, right? So if we invest in on-premise infrastructure, that's a one-time capital investment that you can scale down because once you've bought it, it's there, right? Whereas if it's in the cloud, that's the, the beauty of having systems in the cloud. What's your favorite project you're working on right now or that's working? We do a lot of stuff in, in analytics with, with the Toronto Raptors. Um, and we've been, we've been talking a lot about it because it's really differentiated us as a team uh, in the NBA. And uh, the makeup of our, whether it's our defensive schemes or the type of players that we're producing from a talent development, I think not only do we enjoy it, but it's also something that we become known for. Uh, so I would say definitely our investment in analytics. So how does that work? So you're saying you're analyzing the players? Absolutely. So yeah. how do you do that? So it's the players, the prospects, you know, and, and also... Uh, helping them be better at whatever it is that the coaches and the teams are asking them to do. Are you filming them? Is that what's happening? Film. So it's it's a combination on the technology side. It's a combination of computer vision, machine learning, and AI that allows us to find that you know one percent or point zero zero one percent competitive advantage. As everybody knows, North American sports, the competitive advantage that we have can come in the 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 smallest minute detail in a game, right? It's one decision that somebody makes, whether it's the coach or a player. Uh, so we're always looking for that. And, and a lot and so what, of it, what have the coaches said about that? Did, did, did they feel it helps? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I think we were very fortunate, both from our front office perspective and our coaching side, where they believe in technology, they believe in the, the power of, of data to help them execute ultimately the vision that they have as a GM or, or as the coach. So these cameras would film the players and then they'd get the data and like, you're shooting it all wrong. <laughs> is that, is that it may be not the that players, the players yeah. must love that yeah and, and you know what in, in a funny way they do actually so uh, recently at uh, ovo athletic center which is the practice facility where the toronto raptors uh, uh, partic- uh practice and, and get pr- prepared for the games we installed cameras all over the building that track the shots the the shot arc the, the shot trajectory, the spin on the ball, the entry of the ball into the... Into and the, and the computer's tracking, and it knows what player is doing that. It knows what player is doing it, and, you know, is it consistent with the way they typically shoot, or are they showing a different tendency today versus the day before, or maybe the morning practice versus the, the afternoon so where practice? You, where are you getting that technology to figure that all out? Are you developing it? Are you partnering with other companies? Both, both. I think, you know, there's there's a large part of that, that delivery that happens with AWS, so... You, know, you were asking Anil earlier, like, why is all that in the cloud? Trying to build that type of system today would take us months in data center, build, like physical hardware build, 
where now I could toss that to one of my engineering managers and it's three or four clicks and then off they go. Off here, you mentioned something that you guys had to sort of solve a problem during the start of the pandemic and you developed game time. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes. Uh, so the, the pandemic hit Toronto sports in a, in a unique way outside of the, the obvious where every all the teams had to go into a bubble. So everybody would remember these bubbles that the NBA and the NHL had run. But most people for uh, in outside of Canada also forgot that the Raptors and TFC and the Leafs, they also played in a completely different country. They, they yeah, played it. That must be fun to figure <laughs> that out. Yeah. So, yeah. It, you know, from, from that perspective, our fans really were disconnected from the team. So we were challenged with how do we connect with our fans digitally. So we created this product called Game Time. Uh, it's available in the Toronto Raptors, Toronto Maple Leafs, Toronto Argos, and Toronto FC apps on every game day match day. And it allows you to go in there and do things like do a virtual t-shirt toss where we're literally doing a game in the virtual t-shirt toss. And if you were to be the high scorer, you would win a t-shirt no different than if you were in Scotiabank Arena or BMO Field and we were physically tossing a t-shirt at you. Um, and all the way to, to trivia, right? So we also have trivia that'll get you to a leaderboard and really have you have this connection with the team in a digital way that we just couldn't do physically during COVID. And to our surprise, once COVID really, and and COVID's really not over yet, but, you know, we're going back to the way of life that we used to remember. Um, It still exists today. The product still exists today. And we're seeing tremendous user growth. We're in the tens of thousands of people in this digital arena and game time. And uh, we're looking forward to the day where there's more people there digitally than potentially physically in our, our venues. Can this technology get the Leafs to the Stanley Cup? I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. You know, we're, we're, the, fans are, the fans are amazing, right? Whether they're physically at Scotiabank Arena or they're digitally in game time. Um, can't say enough about the fans. And, and uh, if people continue to show up, then we'll get there. We've been talking with Christian Magsisi and uh, Anil Pillai. They're with MLSE, the Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment uh, Group. The Raptors, the Argonauts. Uh, oh, yeah, the leaps. <laughs> Talking all about the digital technology. Thanks for joining us, gentlemen. Thanks, Thanks so much for having us. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk here on Get Connected. Stay tuned. You are back with Get Connected. Mike and John here in Vegas. Don't forget to listen to our sister's show. It's on Sundays across Chorus Radio Network and uh, right after this program in Toronto, Saturday nights. On the app show, we'll be talking with... Uh, Amazon again and how they're helping Ukraine and migrating all their data, things like uh, citizen records, land titles, uh, even banking information into the cloud so that they can continue running the government and keeping their citizens connected. It is a fascinating conversation on how they did that. I want to thank John and Robin and the rest of the folks that helped put the show together. We'll see you again next time.